0: Hello everybody and welcome back to the Red and Green Show. Today you will be getting a full preview of the island games. Here we go. (laughs) Welcome back after a hiatus for off season and COVID and other reasons. The Red and Green Show is back. I have a special guest today that I will introduce you to shortly. Um, I want to thank everyone for coming back to the podcast. Remember that during the island games, I'll be tweeting live game updates from at CavalryKid on Twitter. Um, As we know, the game times haven't been the best for people who work in the 9 to 5. We're going to get into that a little later, but um, if you can turn on notifications on Twitter, I'll try to keep you updated with the most important action from the games. Okay, so we have, uh, as I mentioned, a guest today who's uh, (laughs) built up some... he's had a long time to think up I guess what he's upset about, about these Island games and a lot of CPL fans actually were upset with the lack of transparency of the league, are we going to have a season? Is there going to be this? Is there going to be that? So we're going to get into that. I'm going to turn it over to Mr. Green, the special guest at Cavalry Green on Twitter. And he sort of shares the opinion of a lot of CPL fans with his uh, discontent with how some of the proceedings have been handled with the Island games. So I'll give it to you, Mr. Green. Uh, welcome. It's good to be back talking about soccer, CPL especially and let's let's hear let's hear some of your some of your concerns.
1: Thanks for having me. It's good to, good to be back on the pod. So where should we start? So I think when COVID hit, all heck broke loose for a little bit. I think that was March 12th, Rudy Gobert and the NBA got COVID and pretty much shut the world down. So since March 12th, the CPL commission, David klonikin has had a chance to prepare a season. and I feel like he really dropped the ball. So we've had the Serie A start June 12th. We had the EPL start June 17th. The Bundesliga start May 16th. North America, we had the MLS start July 11th. So we've had so much time and the CPL with it being a growing league, trying to get eyes on it. I feel like they missed the boat. They could have got back to play practice in June. They could have started their season in July and had all eyes on it, just competing with the MLS for eyes. And instead, now we're competing with the MLB, the NBA, the MLS, soon to be the NFL. So out of all the sports, now we got no TV
0: way. Right. The other thing is I saw on the uh, Foot Soldiers Twitter was the Rosen crown is tied to Flames games, right? I mean, that's the Cavalry bar, but given that the NHL playoffs are on right now, it's going to be a tough sell to ask places to turn on a game like, like the CPL, especially with the Flames in the second round now. So I think you're dead right on that point.
1: Yeah, the, we got the Flames playing the Dallas Stars right now. And who in their right mind, other than diehard Cavalry fans in Calgary and Canada, is going to turn on the Cavalry versus the Forge, or Forge versus Pacific, or whoever, so I feel like for a growing league, they missed the point, or missed the mark, and it's really gonna hurt them going forward uh, with trying to grow the game, grow the popularity. As we all know, soccer is the, the end all and be all sport in North America, and I feel like they really missed a mark while the MLS got all eyes on them during that time, so. I think the disc and then another thing I think we can all agree on is the disconnect, social media, CPL kept hyping up a season, but there was no right. facts to go along with it. it. sounds like the players were left in the dark. We had multiple CPL prominent players calling the CPL out, CPL out on Twitter. Sounds like the teams didn't know what was going on. So I think it left everybody frustrated, especially all the fans. So I, I feel like they kind of let everybody down in that regard. I,
0: I think you're right on that. And the other thing, talking cavalry specific that really hurts is due to the lack of notice, we'll likely be without well, we will be without Jose Escalante. We will be without the new signing Richard Luca. Um, to basically drop it and say we're going to we're going to Prince Edward Island and it's we're leaving August eighth. And for international players and things like that, it doesn't look like the CPL uh, has been too accommodating to them, and we do want to welcome players from new leagues to help grow our league while still keeping the the homegrown talent. So I think uh, that balance has been thrown into the uh, into the wolves a little bit there.
1: Yeah, I feel like that too. We need we need international players to grow the game. Uh, I think it starts at home. We all want our our own guys in it, but we also need some talent from outside of the country to help grow the game because we saw with Jose Escalante last year, we had a lot of South American fans tuning in. And I think that's very important. Well, again, we're trying to grow this league. Um, Mm -hmm. and yeah, I just, I just can't stress enough at at how bad I think the CPL missed their mark when we're looking at possible restart dates. Uh, we're starting a full month after the MLS. And then we look at if we're going to dive into it, we got COVID cases. We got MLS and NBA going to bubbles in the hot spot of the world right now in Florida, and in Canada we have PEI with 41 cases year to date. Mm-hmm. So like, why why wasn't this a thing a month and a half ago? Right, right. Because I think the players, what I've heard, they they were back training in late May, early June. It takes about four to five weeks to ramp it up. Why wasn't this starting July first or July seventh? So. Uh, yeah, I, I just think they really they really could have hit it out of the park. Got a lot of eyes on the product, but, but right. they missed.
0: Yeah, I think you're right on that. So to, to change it up a little, what do you think about the bubble circumstance now? I think my initial complaint is obviously how short the season is. I think the maximum is 11 games if you make the final. 11, yeah. I think it's 11. And I know that's a long time for these players to be in a bubble. Um, obviously, if you're in that final, you're not home until mid-September and you've been gone since early August. So w- what do you think about the sort of rushed setup, PEI, and what we have now?
1: So I think, due, in light of what's going on in the world, I think the bubble's a good idea. Mm-hmm. Okay, These guys, ultimately, they're professional athletes. Sometimes you got to make sacrifices to make it happen. If we look at what the NBA is doing, they've been in a bubble since mid-July, Right. and they're they're possibly in a bubble till early October. Right. So they're away from the families two and a half months, maybe three, uh, in locked away in a bubble. Um, we look at MLB, what happened not going in a bubble. Right. All heck broke loose on their season. And NHL has been super successful in a bubble. So I think as part of being a professional athlete and these unforeseen circumstances that we're dealing with. I think the bubble is the right play. Right. Is it ideal? I don't think so. Does it have to happen? Probably. Just for just for player and public safety. So, I think the bubble is a good idea. What it looks like on the inside, I'm not too sure, but yeah, I think the bubble is the right call.
0: Okay. Yeah, and I can agree with that. I, they didn't have much choice. Um, PEI is the location. It was between PEI and Langford were the last two possible locations for the I heard I heard Winnipeg Winnipeg was one as well? Yeah, okay, I, so Winnipeg,
1: I think Winnipeg was probably the third. And I'm, I'm looking at COVID case of Winnipeg. 578, so I don't think there's a wrong answer. PEI, obviously, at 41. Right. Heck, they could probably have fans. Yeah. They should <laughs> invite me and you. We'll go, we'll go live. <laughs> yeah. We'll go live in PEI. But.
0: Well, I actually saw a tweet from the FC Edmonton Twitter account where the supporters of the S- FC Edmonton were able to come watch a couple of the final inter-squad games and there was X's on the field. And I assume it was a very small amount of people, but they actually got to send off their team into the bubble. Uh, as you heard, the cavalry fans and the foot soldiers had to line up on airport trail with their support. Yeah. So I heard that. That's heard all, that. That, that was awesome to see as yeah. well. Okay. Um, let's get into the team for this year, the 2020 Island Games Cavalry FC squad now i want to start with who we lost as a team um i think last year obviously the team was a well-oiled well-built machine that came up short in a situation that really they they probably should have been awarded the league anyway winning the both seasons but regardless of the point they got the job done and came up a little short against forge however that is not the same team that we will be seeing at the island games the first loss that i want to talk about to the team Julian Boucher, um, hard to center midfielder. Basically, the, the oil for the machine in the midfield. Uh, passing the ball up, getting back on defense. We, a lot of stuff went through Julian Boucher. He is no longer there. Uh, I think it's a big, big hole in the Cavs lineup that can be filled. We have good midfield depth with Ledgerwood and Atacube, but I do think Julian Boucher will be greatly missed.
1: I think MVP candidate last year. That's how good he was. Mm-hmm. Started out a little slow, but he was a guy you just couldn't take off the field as the year went on because of his ability to play defense and offense and right. snuff out opponents' attacks and then also create chances going the other way. So that's that's a tough loss. That's a tough loss for the Cavs. Can Adekube fill it?
0: I'll say yes. You know I'll say yes. I know you
1: <laughs> If we're we're basing it off last year, that Elijah Adekube fan club has taken over the podcast. So I know (laughs) you think he can. I think he's really good defensively. Can he match Boucher's offense?
0: Right. We'll see. No, I I think that's true. I think we lost our best attacking midfielder. I mean, bar Camargo, depends where Camargo decides to play. But I I think that's a huge hole. So here's the second loss. Um, Joel Waterman. I really want to talk about this guy. To be honest, if I would have had to say we were going to be sending a center back to the MLS, I probably would have said we're sending Zator, Dominic Zator.
1: You know I'm agreeing with that.
0: And it's not nothing against Waterman. Waterman was great, but I just thought that Zator would have been the guy we would lose. So am I thankful he's still with us? Yes. But tell me a little bit about the Waterman, the Waterman transfer. I mean, what do you think impacts Shaw and Waterman that say? They didn't like in Zator or some vice versa.
1: So I think with Waterman, I think it's his ability to play all over the field. So we saw him last year mainly playing center back, but we also saw him lining up at holding mid. Right. Um, and I think I think what he brings that that other guys don't on the Cavs or even Zator, he brings a little bit of that swagger. Okay. You can just see it in the way he moves. He moves really confidently. He's confident on the ball. And I think probably his youth helped him out too. One, right. one year out of uh, one year out of university had a pretty dang good season other than his ankle injury. Yeah. So I think if I'm um, thinking about maybe why Waterman made the jump as opposed to his tour, probably age, and then yeah, he's, he's kind of got that, that cool swagger, if you know what I mean. Um, and then of course, I, he's super athletic. So I think making that jump to the next level—that's probably why. Okay. But I think you know as good as anybody. I'm pro Dominic Yeah. I think we got the best. I'm gonna. I'll just go on. I'll say it right now. I think we got the best player in the CPL. We do. Inzator. Oh,
0: well, the best defender for sure. No, no questions. Down. Not yeah. even
1: asked. Yeah. No questions asked. He's hands hands down. He does it all. Yeah. Scores scores on. Uh, free kicks, scores on penalties,
0: scores on the white caps, scores on
1: the white caps. Yeah, to knock out the white caps. Yeah. So he's a, he's a he gamer. should be playing for the white caps. Yeah, they could use them. They could. They could. They could have used them down in Orlando. <laughs> yeah, that for free.
0: But. So, um, no, I think you're dead right on that. And Zator's ability to switch to outside back last year briefly too, playing the outside of the three four three against uh, oh, man. white I think caps.
1: That versatility is huge. Him and, him and Pasquati working that right wing together was was a sight to see. And I think if he keeps adding to his offensive game, like what's the sky
0: for this guy? Well, it's we, gotta be MLS next year. We won't have him for much longer. No, I, I'm think, sure.
1: I think one more, I think one, this is it. This is probably, if he, if he takes that one more step where his offensive game catches up with his defense, Yeah. I think this is, this is probably it.
0: Yeah, no, I think so too. Okay, our third loss that I want to talk about here, I have Asterix next to Jose Escalante, obviously still a part of the Cav- Cavalry, still on the roster. Will not be at the Island Games. Um, he's in Honduras right now. Um, it hurts. The most polarizing player in the CPL. Uh, Kurt Larson said that. Forge fans hate him. Cavalry fans love him. Uh, sometimes he's amazing to watch. He's so skilled. And then other times you can hear the Cavalry fans kind of groaning, you know, in frustration. But arguably our most skilled, skilled attacker, uh, probably the best resume in terms of big game scoring, scored goals against AC Milan in his career. Um, that left foot, we don't really have a replacement for that left foot as of right now, to my knowledge. I don't
1: think we have a left footed player on the roster other than in Trafford and the Villa. Yeah. We got two, but as opposed to, as far as attacking goes, that's that was our guy.
0: Set pieces as well. What
1: I, that was, I was just gonna touch on that. What I worry about, no Jose Esplante, no Boucher. Who's, who's, gonna, who's taking free kicks?
0: That I don't know. And I, hopefully we'll find out tomorrow. We'll uh, see. We'll
1: see. I think, I think you probably see Ledgerwood. You probably see Ledgerwood. Maybe Jordan Brown. Okay. But, but I think the loss of Escalante, even, even as far as depth goes, like do we have a lot of attacking depth to, to fill that in? I don't know.
0: Well, I guess we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I, I also think about Escalante on that in-swinging in corner. Uh, I think the Torres header against Whitecaps came from Escalante's left foot on the in-swinger.
1: Could have been,
0: and so we, in terms of corners as well, that's going to be something new, right? He was usually Booster, usually Escalante, so someone will have to step up and fill that void. Okay, our fourth loss was Malik Hamilton, and we haven't seen the last of him. Obviously, signing with Ottawa, um, I was a big Malik Hamilton fan. I thought he stepped in and did a great job for Northover. He was fast, he was pacey, he was prolific. Um, but with Northover healthy, maybe we just have a wash here. We get, we get Dean back. Dean's probably better defensively than Malik was. I think Malik gives us a little bit more going forward. But are, is that fair to say that we didn't we didn't really have a huge gap here with Northover getting healthy?
1: Yeah, I think going forward, Malik, he's got burners. Like the guy could flat out fly. He's probably one of the faster players on Calvary last year. But mm. Dean Northover, I think defensively, is better. Tough, gritty high soccer IQ. So I think probably, I'd, I'd, I'd put that one as a wash. Um I don't think it's a huge loss. Obviously, great player to have, but is he replaceable? Probably. Right. So, um yeah, I think he'll do well with, with Ottawa. He'll probably get a starting nod. So I think it's a good opportunity for him to kind of make that jump.
0: Yeah, I agree as well. Uh, the other player we lost here, Maro Stacchio. You know what? We never actually got to see the best of Mauro, really, with his injury. Um... From what I've heard about him and what we did briefly see, good player. Very good player. Uh, plays that CDM holding role, as we talked about, a, a spot that Cavalry now has a bit of a gap in. Uh, we lost him and he's gone. Any, any more comments on Morrow? I don't have much to say, really. I think from what we saw,
1: I was impressed. Yeah, I thought plays both sides of the ball. Again, super high soccer IQ. You can't teach that. That's something you can't teach. Um, sounds like he just recently signed a contract in Portugal, right. I think third division, yeah. something like that. So that's good for him. I do think, I wish Cavs fans got to see him more because I feel like he's a player that the Cavs fans really would have molded to. He kind of fit that grit that, uh, Tommy wielded sides to play with. So I'm a little bit disappointed that we did get to see more of him, but, um, I wish him the best in Portugal. I think again, great opportunity for him to kind of, revive his career off that that devastating acl injury
0: yeah okay um we got two more guys to talk about that we lost here the first will be carlos patino um to my knowledge he's not back with the cavalry he's not in the bubble um we saw him briefly last year in spells it was sort of Minatel or patino always subbing on for that winger or striker spot uh, decent player but i think we have enough depth in the wings that we'll, we'll recover from that
1: yeah, I think small loss here, although um, obviously very skilled, does this athleticism translate to the pro game? Not overly optimistic on it, so I think, again, looks like a, like a player that the Cavs fans really liked as he played with foothills right. coming up, I think, for two, maybe three years. Mm-hmm. You know better than I do, but something like that. So I think, again, probably a, a fan favorite, but did we get to see a lot of them? Not really. Are we going to miss them? Probably not.
0: Right. Okay, the last guy I know we'll miss because he's the golden boot for us last year is uh, Dominique Malonga. Now, th- this is obviously a loss uh, and we're going to get to the talking points of the season here. You got a guy who I believe bagged 11 goals last year. I think it was 11. And he's gone. So arguably, you now need to find 11 goals somewhere. And it's not that that uh, John, uh, Brown can't do it and it's not that... Uh, Haber can't help but you anytime you you lose your golden boot I think you're you got a big hole to fill and you know what the one thing I wish I would have seen last year I know it didn't fit the mold and I know that wasn't the play style. I would have loved to see uh, Brown and Milong up top together more often, but uh, I know that wasn't the the tactics and that's not really the wielding side way But we got a hole here and what are your thoughts? Who's who's gonna step up into that?
1: Who's gonna step up? I'm gonna Pencil him in as the guy who scored the first goal in Cavs history. It's gotta be Jordan Brown. Mm-hmm. Um when we look at last year in the White series, does do the Cavs beat Vancouver without Jordan Brown and have Malonga in instead? I don't think so. Right. Right? When we look at playing Forge, does Malonga give us an advantage over Jordan Brown? I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think so. I think Malonga. He's great in slow, methodical games. Right. But when you see Jordan Brown's work ethic, he does help defensively, whereas Malonga doesn't really have a lot of interest in playing both sides of the ball, which is fine. He's a forward. Right. His job's to score, which he did a great job of. But when we're talking big games and guys who can match Forge's pace, because as we know, they're fast, they're athletic. Yeah, they do. Uh, they're two. They're two uh, wing backs. They do get up and down the field. So who probably helps us more? Yeah, I know it's probably a polarizing and maybe divisive uh, claim. I'm gonna say Jordan Brown. So that's probably where our, our production's coming from. Can you get all 11? That might be a tall ass, but we'll. Uh, I think we got Marcus Haber in from Pacific. Right. I think you'll be you'll be more than happy to talk about him.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll get to our import the guys we got in a second here. Yeah, there's no question that uh, Tommy has confidence in Jordan Brown, and so he should. Uh, that goal against Whitecaps, wow. Um, there's no question he can score against the best and score nice goals. So, again, we lost our golden boot, but I think we got the silver boot right now in uh, Jordan Brown. Okay, who did we gain? So the Cavalry side last year, 90 minutes of hell, great roster. Got some more help. Uh, we talked about what we just lost. What did we gain? You wanna start with him? Start with him. Let's start with him. Marcus Haber. He's tall. He is massive. He is tall. What is he? I think 6'4. I got 6'5. 6'5 and cleats. Maybe he's got heels
1: on. <laughs> I don't know. We're gonna put him at 6'5 though.
0: You know when I saw him play against cavalry, uh, Zator is not short. Zator is a tall guy, but
1: Zator's gotta be 6'3.
0: And Haber looked larger, much larger than him. So we've got a big true striker. Who actually I believe has some Premier League experience uh, with West Bromwich Albion. So, 31 years old, Marcus Haber, been around a long time, can clearly bang goals, and we've we've got maybe a super sub in him, uh, another hold up guy. Where do you see him fitting into the to the Calvary roster here?
1: Yeah, so I think we got a goal scorer. I again, will he be as prolific as as Mulanga was? Tough to say. I don't. I probably don't think so. Right. But Last year we had um, he played with Pacific and I think how many goals did he have? Was it two? I think he had three. Two we're or gonna three? Go with three. Okay, we'll say three. Um, so that's pretty solid. I, I I don't think he played every game, so we're gonna give him we'll give him three. Um, but I think that's a big signing. Um, does he start over Brown? Probably not off the hop. Right. Does he have the potential? Maybe. Right. Maybe that'll be your maybe that'll be your super striker duel where you get to see Brown maybe on the left maybe Haber in the middle. I don't
0: know. Right. I think the biggest thing is him in the air. I
1: yeah. know.
0: So now if you're defending cavalry set pieces, you've got Pasquati bombing it in from the sideline and there's heads of Zator, Haber, Wielden, Tr- Trafford. Trafford. That's I mean, a lot of height.
1: What's yeah. that? 6'2", 6'3", 6'3", 6'5"?
0: All those guys.
1: Yeah, that's, that's some height.
0: So uh, definitely a set piece threat experience and a clutch holdup man. I mean, no one's pushing him off the ball. No. Not in our league.
1: He's a tree. Yeah, he's he's a, he's a big boy. <laughs> yeah, get it, get get the ball to him, and then look for him to hit our wingers. So yeah. I think at the minimum, we got a we got a sub coming in for 20 30 minutes that can that that's a difference maker. I agree. So yeah, I'm 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 pro that signing. I'm glad they got some depth.
0: Yeah, good good striker depth. Okay, the next guy that we want to talk about. Uh, the the highly touted Robert Boskovic, uh, I honestly don't know a ton about him. TFC experience, TFC two experience, um, young guy, left footed. Need that left footed defender. Yeah.
1: So it looks like I think with with him we got a potential we got a sub either for Trafford or uh, or Wheldon, Right. Right. Because if if you put Trafford in the middle, you bump Boscovich over to the side, or maybe Boscovich plays right in the middle. Right right? Now, the thing I worry about is youth, right? That's always a big question. He's what, 21 years old? Yeah. 21 years old, coming over from TFC2 TFC on loan. So does, does his youth maybe get in the way of a, of a Cavalry team with championship aspirations? Maybe, maybe not. Right. But you, but you, hope, at, you hope at 21 that he's able to make that leap. So I, I like the signing. Again, don't know a ton about, about him, but I think, uh, again, probably a viable piece for wheeled in. I know defenders don't get subbed often, so maybe just a spell from game to game for, for one of their back three or four.
0: Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think it, you can't, it's not, never a bad thing to add depth, especially depth that has been scouted from Toronto FC. Okay, um, the next ad that we want to talk about that made a big splash was Jair Cordova from Alianza Universidad in Peru. Um, Again, a lot of Cavs fans, the only thing that we've seen of him is the highlights. Uh, A couple goals were shown on the Cavalry Twitter account when the signing came through. To my knowledge, it'll be a center forward position. Uh, Guy with experience, played in Peru's top division. Um, Again, we're looking forward to seeing him. I don't have much more to say. I just think it's another good attacking signing, adding depth.
1: Yeah, I think, again, we need depth up front. Um, I believe he was the second or the leading scorer in Peru second division twice. Okay. So that's, that's obviously a plus. I mean, we we need goal. We got to replace a lot of goal, uh, goal scoring. Um, like what do we got here? So in league two, he's got 29 goals in 43 matches. Holy. That's a lot of goals. That's decent. That's a lot of goals. Now. How good is the competition? Yeah, I don't know. And then, like, if we look at his League One appearances, um, ten matches, one goal. Right. So when he made that jump, the production obviously wasn't there. So I'm cautiously optimistic. Right. Do I? I probably I probably got Jordan Brown and. And Haber over
0: him. I don't know. I have to see. Right. I have to see. Yeah. We're shooting in the dark a little here.
1: Yeah. We got we got highlights to go off. So, I mean, highlights are great. But we got to see it in action. I did 29 goals. That's good, though. Yeah. We'll, we'll roll with 29 goals.
0: Can't complain about that. No. We'll take it. Um. Okay. The last three guys I'll just sort of group together here. Uh, Elliot Simmons from Halifax. A CDM player. Not a, a rotational guy for Halifax last season. Not a starter, but came in. Um, you can watch his highlights on YouTube. There's about 10 minutes of, of his CDM experience. Bruno Zebi from Edmonton, uh, outside midfielder. Will work into the rotation, likely. Um, sort of a, a speedy, pacey guy, but with good soccer sense. Sits in the middle, nice. Came into the middle a lot against Cavalry last year. So he's listed as a wide guy, but he spends most of his time uh, in the middle there between, between the centre-backs. And the last guy that I want to... Uh, Mention is Jose Hernandez, also a young kid that is coming in from Pacific. So that is the new the new Cavalry players. Wait, you're gonna skip over Zebby that quick? Bruno Zebby. You're gonna. Skip you wanna over talk about a- him? We can talk just, about just briefly. him briefly. Well, he's at least from Edmonton, though. You know, I was like, ah, yeah. <laughs> I know, I
1: know, he's from Edmonton, but 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 remember, I think from what I've heard, he played with most of these guys when they won their national championship. Correct four foothills and I believe he's even on their semi or in 2016 and they lost in the final yeah he's on that team too so I don't think you can look over him that quick you got a dynamic player you just touched on he's super high soccer IQ yeah again that's something you can't teach and he literally has the ability to play all over the field right right except he's not going to play in your attacking roles but plays outside defensively plays in the middle in the mid, middle midfield sorry right. has the ability to play outside so i don't think that's a guy we can skip over I, again will he start i don't think so right but are we getting 20 30 minutes out of him every game could i bet he's the first sub you maybe could. second
0: yeah could, could get it yeah. Th- you touched on it i guess he's already got those chemistry links with these guys from the foothills uh again that's where the core of the group is from anyway
1: yeah and i think we got what we like you touched we got 11 games well for caliber fans we hope we got 11 obviously we got to win the first seven, but when we got seven games and we're talking chemistry, you got all these other teams, they're trying, they got loans coming in, uh, they got transfers, they got just straight up new signings. So with all these cavalry guys already playing together, the other teams caught up a little last year, but does adding a guy like Zebby who's played with all these guys before help? Right. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, especially, it's a sprint. So yeah, you play three, you play every three days and then four days, three days, four days, yeah. three days, four days. So. You're right. That that depth that we get from Bruno Zabbi, He's already played for Wielden. He he knows what to expect.
1: Yeah, I think he's he's got all the cues. It's just a matter of just putting it together. I I believe he's in the game. I bet I bet you he's in every game. You
0: think we see him tomorrow?
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. We got five subs now. Right. We got five subs now. So
0: I'm gonna. We'll touch on the we'll touch on lineups in a bit. But I bet you. I, got, I bet you we got him in the sixty or seventieth. preview for tomorrow's game, 6 p.m. Mountain Time. Um, First things first, I I wanted to touch on both players don't have their top scorers, right? Um, Borges obviously on transfer to the Belgium League, is that correct? Belgium, yeah. Belgium League. Huge, huge step for him. Um, Golden Boot, probably the best player last year on Forge for sure. Um, For sure the best goal scorer in the CPL. It It just seemed that Whatever. Every time he would touch the ball, something good would happen. And he did have a nose for a goal. Uh, every time that he would take a shot on net, other teams had to worry about it. So Borges, good player. We know what the Cavalry faithful thinks about Borges, but we can't, we, we can't hold that totally against him. He's a good good player. And we're glad that he's not for Forge anymore. Am I allowed to say that? We don't want to see that guy anymore. He caused us problems. He
1: is a problem on the field. I, I was, I'll be honest. I Was I the biggest fan of him? absolutely not but whenever he touched the ball i was i got a little worried and obviously we saw it we saw it, what happened in the the final with waterman taking a card right yeah right right the red yeah no that, was, that that from that sent from Borges. so yeah
0: he, he's a good player and i'm glad that we don't have to worry about him anymore um i have written down here that forge Forge was Borges and Becker, and now they're just Becker. And I don't know how how fair that is to say because they've added some firepower as well up front, um, including Mo Babuli. Uh, I had trouble pronouncing his name, but Mo Babuli seems to be a touted striker uh, coming into the Forge lineup, according to Forge Media. So we'll have an eye out for him. But I do think that with us losing Malonga. And Forge losing Borges, we come out better from that deal. Uh, Cavalry is deeper. We found scoring in all types of places last year. Whereas Forge's scoring, if you go to the top 20 uh, goal scorers in the league last year, Cavalry, I believe, owned seven of the spots, while Forge only owns three. And obviously Tristan Borges' 13 goals uh, is king there. So without him, they have to find other scoring, which they struggled to last year. Whereas Cavalry, we have other people that can score. So I think both of us losing our golden boot players advantage Calgary. Now, here's the other thing I wanted to touch on. The 90 minutes of hell that Wielden is gonna play and loves to play and had so much success with last year may have improved given the players that we have lost and now gained. I really think that, you kind of touched on it, Molonga's pressing wasn't that relentless. And with players like Haber, guys who have high work work rate like Jordan Brown getting selected, I think that the 90 minutes of hell could be worse for opposition teams this year. So I have advantage Cavalry for the preview game tomorrow. And the notable players to watch for Forge are Becker and Babouli. And for Cavalry FC, Jordan Brown... Sergio Camargo, Nico Pasquati, uh, the usual star, star-studded star attack that Cavalry has boasted. So I do think it's advantage Cavalry tomorrow. Again, it's so hard to say because we haven't seen Forge yet. But that's my short glimpse into the preview for the match. Is there anything you want to add, Mr. Green?
1: Mr. Green, no, I think you nailed on it. Um, I think we got better depth. We probably lost a little more talent. Right? I think you'd agree with that probably lost more talent but I think we gained depth um, with everybody having five subs now depth probably helps for sure right it's, we're in a sprint not a marathon this season so um, yeah but however the one thing that worries me fortune lose any defensively no right you had Edgar and Crutzen which probably arguably top five defenders in the league right I would say um, so that, that definitely hurts but um, can Forge make up goals by losing Borges? Can Babouli do that? I don't know.
0: Yeah. So that's sort of the, the talking point there. Forge is solid. I mean you can't get away from it. They're no, a solid. We're not team.
1: discrediting them. They're um, gonna be they're gonna be one of the better teams in the, the CPL this season, no doubt about it.
0: Okay, with that, let's get into projected lineups here. Um I'll go first. I don't really know what cavalry is gonna play. I have written down Sort of a 4-3-3 with uh, a center attacking midfield. This is my predicted lineup for tomorrow. So the two outside backs will be Mavilla and Northover. Um, Carducci in net. Sorry, Carducci in net. King Carducci in net. Mavilla and Northover, the outside backs. Uh, Zator the center back. And then I have Trafford slash Wieldon for the other center back. Um, I'm not sure. I I think it'll be Wielden, but I think that... That's a pretty much a toss-up for anyone other than Tommy. Um, CDM, Nick Ledgerwood and Elijah Adekube, sort of playing the 2 role in the 4-2-1-3 or the 4-3-3. Three, three. Uh, center attacking midfield, Sergio Camargo. Right wing, Nico Pasquati. Top forward, the number nine center forward position, Jordan Brown. And then on the left wing, I have Oliver minotel So that's my projected lineup for Tomorrow. I'm not sure what we're gonna get because of all the new signings and I'm not sure what the scouting report says about what's best to play versus Forge right now. Um, Mr. Green, do you got your lineup ready?
1: Yeah, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna say they're gonna go 3-4-3. I think this was Wielden's favorite lineup kinda as the year progressed. Obviously we started in the 4-3-3 most of the spring season, but as the year progressed, uh, they switched to that 3-4-3. Um, I think it just allows him to play both sides of the ball really good. So, I think I'm gonna go ahead and we're gonna say we're gonna start Carducci. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, we probably have the best two goalies in the league. We do. So, I there's no mistake. We either Rio Nico or Carducci. Um, I think we're set in goal. And then defensively, I'm gonna say he's probably gonna roll the same lineup as last year. We're going Zator on the right, um, wheeled it in the middle, and Trafford out on the left. Okay. And then through the middle. Um, this was a little bit tougher to do. I'm going to say Mavilla is going to be outside left, probably Minotel on the right and then Atacube and Ledgerwood in the middle. Right. And then up top, I've never seen Camargo play out wide. So I'm going to say Camargo is probably going to be your set, your nine. I know you thought Jordan Brown, but I'm going to say they're probably going to flank their speed outside. So I'm going to say Jordan Brown on the left and then Peswadi on the right. Um, and then that kind of gives them their three, four, three. Uh, maybe card or uh Carducci, maybe Camargo plays a little bit more behind those other two, but that's my that's my prediction.
0: Okay, so with that lineup then, no north over for you. Um no. I think
1: too early coming. I think he's recovered. Okay. But I think to throw him in versus Forge who who has a lot of speed. Right. Not the right play off the start. Maybe we see him late. Right. Um, but I think uh, I think Tommy goes with his his trusted defenders that we saw last year
0: okay so there's two uh possible lineups will uh from us i'll be tweeting the lineup tomorrow as soon as i get access to it for uh you following around on twitter okay last thing the predictions the the way too early predictions of how the top eight well the only eight will finish (laughs) will finish up this season now, there's, this is not biased. We are not Cavalry fans, but I'm gonna, actually, Mr. Green, you go first.
1: I'll go first, yeah. So, unbiasedly, I think it, tomorrow we're seeing a championship preview. For sure. Forge versus Cavalry. Um, I think the loss of Forge is just too, too much to overcome. So I'm gonna say Cavalry's gonna win it um, come September. Forge is gonna finish second. And then Pacific, they added Bustos. Great signing for them. So I'm going to say they're they probably losing the semis. They'll be a third place team. Then Edmonton, they got Garrow back. So that's huge for them. Um, York is going to be just on the outside looking in. Um, Valor, they added two recently TFC 2 defenders. Right. So that's huge for them. Then they added a couple um, players that have uh, had national team experience. So that's huge for them. However, Valor's Valor. They're going to finish sixth. And then Ottawa, they're a little bit new. Um, I don't know how much depth they have, so I'm gonna say Ottawa's probably the seventh, and Halifax is going to be very, very bad. I'm gonna say they're gonna go 0-7 this year. Maybe they'll sneak out a draw, but I'm gonna say 0-7, so Halifax is gonna be my eighth team. How about you, what do you
0: got? So down the list, very similar. Cavalry, Forge, Pacific, Edmonton are the top four. Like you said, York, you never know what you're gonna get with York. Heck of a goaltender. They did lose Amelia uh, Estevez, which is a hole in their midfield. But yeah, I would say Edmonton, York. Halifax, I have at 6. Um, for no good reason, really. Other than Halifax, I think they'll be better than Ottawa and Valor. I mean, I just think back to Cavalry beating Valor 7-1. And I, just, and I know they have new guys. Did you watch Halifax play last season? <laughs> you we know gotta what? be serious. <laughs> you know what? And I mean, they lost half their team. Halifax is going to be bad. The, the 6, 7, 8 are, are not going to be very good. And you're, you're right about the Valor signing. Um, Ottawa, I don't know. I have no idea what to expect. Flip a coin, hope for the best. So anyways, those are my 6, 7, and 8. Okay, tomorrow's prediction. This is what we've been waiting for. What happens tomorrow? In the bubble. PEI. Bubble life. Island Games. Cavalry. Forge. 6 p.m. 6 p.m. Mountain. Mountain. What's 8 p.m. Happen- Eastern. What's, what's happening? 9 p.m. kickoff if you're in Charlottetown.
1: Charlottetown. I don't think any fans are going. But I mean, if you're yeah. out there, 2-1 yeah. soccer. Yeah,
0: you still got to watch.
1: Yeah, we got Kurt Larson on the pregame preview. Everybody's G- favorite. Gareth
0: Wheeler, hopefully.
1: G- he might. I bet you he's in. Oh, he's got to be. He's, he's got Yeah, he's, he's, gotta he's in the lineup.
0: <laughs> Who? What's happening tomorrow?
1: I'm going to say we're go- both teams aren't going to be that stout offensively, so I'm gonna say really low scoring. Do I dare say nil-nil? You think nil-nil? No, is gonna get a header to win it?
0: (laughs) See, I'm going the opposite. I think that these teams have been pent up, waiting to go, and I think it's gonna be an absolute rocket of a game. Uh, What do you want for
1: a score? 2-2. 2-2? 2-2. We gotta draw opening game.
0: Four goals. Four goals, 2-2. You think
1: Carducci's letting in two goals?
0: No, I don't think Carducci's letting in two. Honestly, I think they're going to score two. Okay, that, that <laughs> is a difference. Yeah, though. Carducci doesn't let in goals. No, okay. They're going to score. I think I think Forge will score two. I think they're good enough to score two. I know Cavalry is good enough to score two. Even with the defense of Edgar and Krutzin, you think? Oh yeah, Cavalry can get two. Oh, for sure, for sure. And but, was the tour? Trafford wielded? Like I said, I these, don't know that's bold. This isn't going to be a pretty game. I don't think. I think the tactics. I think it's going to be a little sloppy the first game back. And really, both teams are good enough to pick up on errors to, to capitalize on mistakes. Two mistakes per side, two-two. Who's scoring? For us. Yeah. Well, if my lineup's correct, I'm gonna say Jordan Brown and Nico Pasquati. For Forge, I'm worried about the Becker brace. The Becker.
1: He's getting one <laughs> off a free kick.
0: Buddy. Yeah, the Becker brace scares he has me. To. So those are those are my that's my early prediction
1: here. Right, I'm going. I'm going one. I'm sticking with it. I'm going one O Calvary, Zator header. The magic header, once again. Nice. Crowd goes crazy in Edmonton at Kildare. Or in Calgary, sorry, I said Edmonton? <laughs> they might
0: go crazy in Edmonton. Edmonton's
1: cheering for us. They
0: got nothing to watch. The Oilers are out too.
1: Ooh, that's a low blow. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't think we're getting any Edmonton fans in here anymore. No, we don't want
0: them anyway. No. Last yeah. thing, very last thing to talk about. Carducci's hair.
1: <laughs>
0: As a guy came
1: over, he took social distancing to the next level. It,
0: it's, it's incredible. It's so thick. It's... It's long, it's thick. It looks like a little bit of a rat's nest, but more surface area, I think, less to shoot out above the head.
1: Maybe, I. maybe he flew to Italy and got it from his ancestors. He looks good. Oh, he looks good. If I could grow hair like that, yeah. I'd have the same, I'd, I'd be then in the Carducci fan club.
0: Me and you. I'm in. I'm Next,
1: get, n- next year, we'll, we might have to get wigs though. We can't grow hair like that.
0: I'm getting jealous, Marco. I got the bald spot coming in up top here. So that's why I'm wearing my cavalry hat. Okay, I hope you guys enjoyed that. Thank you for tuning in. Remember, live updates from Cavalry Kid on Twitter. D- don't forget about Mr. Green. Cavalry Green, make sure you follow us. Cavalry Green. We're going to be here every week. Yeah, we'll be here. We'll be here talking footy. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. We want to
1: engage with our fans, though. We yeah. want to engage with you guys. Send us DMs. Send us tweets. If you guys have got stuff you want us to talk about, bring it up. We'll, we'll hit your points. Well, maybe even shout out your Twitter handle.
0: Send us, send us some slander too. If you don't like what we said, you're probably right. Rip, Rip into, into us. us. Let's, We're let's, here for it. Let's go. So, all right. Thanks for listening, and uh, go Cavs.